1: everyone. It's Rosanna Arquette here, your guide for all radical musings. I want to quickly talk about dysfunction. You know, everyone has some sort of dysfunction in their life, right? I mean, I know I do. I mean, talk about dysfunctional. When does shit ever truly go according to plan? Sometimes we just have to look at the humor in our idiosyncrasies, right? I mean, Hello Dysfunction as in the podcast. Hello Dysfunction. Yup, this series is hosted by two childhood best friends, Pata Freya and Crystal, as they share personal stories of their own dysfunction. Nothing is off limits and everything is funny. They talk about their lives, their view on the news, gossip, politics. This is really good stuff. Check out Hello Dysfunction on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello friends, hope everyone's having a great day Hopefully today's episode will make it even greater Because today on Radical Musings I bring you the incomparable Exceedingly talented Randy Rainbow Randy is a singer and a comedian And if you don't know who he is don't even listen to this episode right now because you got to go log on to at Randy Rainbow on Twitter. Check out his YouTube channel or Facebook page and check out his political parodies because they are brilliant. He is a superstar. I wanted to talk to Randy because I'm a huge fan of his parodies and I've been a faithful follower on his Twitter feed and asked him to talk to me. Unfortunately, he agreed. <laughs> Unfortunately, the conversation happened just as Amy Coney Barrett was being fast-tracked into the Supreme Court. I was in a real shit mood. But as Randy does, he lifted my spirits immediately. Have a listen. First of all, thank you Randy Rainbow for keeping us I Got my mask on here. <laughs> um I'm not in the room
2: with you, you know. It's all right. You can take not, the mask. Uh
1: keeping us laughing and, 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 you know, going with your amazing musical theater uh, pieces that you do uh, about Trump. It's they're just fantastic. They're really, thank beautiful.
2: you. Thank you so much, honey.
1: Is, is your kitty's Sweeney around?
2: Well, guess what? I guess you didn't see all of the nine Twitter posts since last night. We no. had a surprise. Yes, he's here. Well, he is here.
1: Yeah. Sweeney. What
2: happened? But then? we went to the vet yesterday to get booster shots for Sweeney. Uh-huh. And you know, you drop the cat off now and they call you and they the vet talks to you over the phone.
0: Right.
2: So she she calls me, she goes, Everything's great. He gained a pound, ba ba ba. And uh, we'll call you in five minutes and you can come pick him up. I said terrific. Then she calls right back and she goes, Hi, are you sitting down? I'm like, What? She goes, Sweeney's a girl. Yeah, yeah.
1: Has
2: Sweeney a, been fixed? Has Sweeney been fixed? No, not yet. So the first time I brought her in, she was so tiny, they couldn't even tell. So she went to like feel for testicles. Can I say testicles?
1: Maybe you're to change her name to, you can say anything you want. You can say fuck shit, whatever you want.
2: Uh, well, I changed her name to fuck shit.
1: And, um, no, I talked about it. Lucy in Sweeney Todd.
2: Well, I love you. That was the number one choice. And then I changed it again and I made it. First, I went with Sadie. Because, see, oh, was sort of like, it was like a barber Streisand, of course, and it sort of sounded like Sweeney. Then I woke up this morning, and I remembered there was a character in the, like the classic Oz books, the second one, The Marvelous Land of Oz. Right. I don't know if anyone knows this reference, but the character was this little orphan boy named Tipitarius, who they call Tip. And Tipitarius, the story is that Mambi, the evil queen, ends up it turns out that she turned him into a boy, but he's really Ozma, the princess of Oz. Ozma. So it's now Tippy because he started as a boy. What about Ozma? Ozma's cute too. That's a little gay even for me. So, but but I thought Tippy Tippy is a cute k- kitty name. So it's T I P P I Tippy.
1: It's very. It's all. I I love that cat. I just love. It? Well, so you cute. spend so time so all this time you know, we were watching, 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 and then we went into quarantine. And I was watching you in quarantine a lot. Like, okay, how is Randy navigating this time in quarantine other than just figuring out the next song? But like, I felt like I could actually feel like it was starting to, it was starting to be hard for you.
2: Oh, like really? everybody. When was, when, tell me why. And I'll, and I'll correct. There were times
1: where I could just. I mean, I yes,
2: just, but tell me I would when see, you was I
1: could see it. I just was seeing like, you know, although I love the long hair, Um, but there was stuff, there was just more than that. It was just, it just felt like there's, there was a a depression that was setting in on you a little bit that I could like, like all of us, hello, but I, I was watching you a lot and I felt it. Was I wrong?
2: Oh Wow. Well, you're not wrong because I do, you know, I certainly have bouts of depression regularly. I know it's difficult for people. There are people who just know me from singing show tunes and stuff. So they don't know sort of like the, the, the you know, how it is that the is that trauma stuff? Not on camera. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm not, I haven't been therapized enough to really tell you what it is, but yeah. My, I mean, my father was Donald Trump. So oh, th- I'm sure that has that's a lot to it. do with it.
1: There you go. Yeah. And was not, it was your, were your parents not accepting about who, who you were? What? How old were you when you decided that you wanted to live your truth and be able to tell that to the world and your parents, how old were you when you knew that?
2: Um, You mean like came out? Yeah. I have not yet come out, so that's very presumptuous of you. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, Shut up, of course. I was.
1: It is, it is the was, job. I'm sorry. I come thought on. you had.
2: Girl, you know I'm kidding. Um, no, I, am
1: so I, <laughs> I am so gullible. I am so gullible because you did a book, I know, uh, Playing With Myself. But
2: yeah, I didn't do it yet, I'm writing it right now.
1: How do you how oh you're writing with
2: I'm I'm starting to write it now, so you so all the answers to this will be revealed. But my mother always knew I my mother you know, I come from a very uh liberal, open minded, show businessy Jewish family. Right. So my mother my mother like told me when I was eighteen and I was hanging around with this guy named Frank a little more than the other friends of mine, and she just sat me down, she's like, Listen, I know get it. I know who this Frank is. You, there's nothing you can tell me that I don't already know about you. And she loved it. You know, she frankly wanted the gayest son she could possibly raise, and she did this to me on purpose. So she would put me to sleep with the scores to Oklahoma and the music man. She wanted the gayest musical theater child. So she was... And then my father also was... Hey, I want
1: to thank you, Mother, for this. Thank yeah. you. We thank her so much because it, you are a gift, and I'm, I'm a musical. I, I I know all the musicals by heart. Like, well, I wasn't great. Mostly, of course, like Camelot, West Side Story, Feel on the Roof. You know, like I all all the musicals. I keep thinking about songs for you to do. You
2: know, <laughs> like yes. Well, that's why that's the part that's come so easy to me because I think like that. Like I think in show tunes, thanks to my mom and my upbringing. And just I I just people say like, how do you know which song to put with which situation. And that's the easiest part, because I just, my whole life, I've always found the show tune or musical theater parallel to whatever's going on in my life or on the world stage. It's kind of a defense or a coping mechanism, I guess.
1: Where were you raised?
2: Born uh, Long Island, New York, and raised for the most part in South Florida. Florida, I still say
1: Florida. And your parents are still there?
2: My father's no longer with us. He passed away in 2016. Uh, he was considerably older than my mom. And my mother is still down in Florida in the Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood area.
1: Nice. I come from, an. Uh, I'm the eldest of five. And we have very liberal, crazy mother Jewish, father Christian, then they became Muslims. And we, and then my mother decided while she was dying of cancer that I am a Jew and I need to be buried as a Jew. So she's buried as a Jew. And so we had the most wild upbringing and Alexis Arquette was our sister trans mm-hmm. born a boy. And, you know, I think my mother, when, you know, Alexis was, you know, 12 or 11 dressed as Marilyn Monroe for Halloween, there was a moment where my mom was like, Oh, you know, she didn't. She, and she was so liberal and open, but there was, a, I think she, there was a period of where she, it was too, she may have shamed in a, a moment that was like yeah. instead of immediately accepting. And then she became a therapist and really got that, you know, this was, this is how she, of course, you know, and which was really surprising. So Alexis, you know, did you know Alexis Arquette? Do you know?
2: Not personally, of course, but yes, I'm very familiar with your whole family. I'm a big fan of everyone.
1: Well, Alexis was a, you know, our, our, it was the saddest thing that ever happened and um, still is for everybody. It's a big wound. But anyway, I, I just wanted to talk to you about your creativity, your process, you're keeping us all alive and entertained and we're very grateful for that. What are you going to be doing next? You're writing a book.
2: I'm writing a book. Um, And I'm sort of, you know, I, I, I've always been really organic with, with my art and my work. And so I'm going to see, I'm kind of in developmental stages of everything. I would like to do, what I'm doing sort of on a larger television scale. I would like to do it on a larger theater scale. I have, had been touring around the country with kind of a concert version of.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
2: My, oh, yeah. For the last three years, sad. I know you would have had so much fun, but we'll be back.
1: I have so many musician friends and all my friends and bands and Coachella that was canceled. It's, Really hard on on people in the entertainment business, sometimes yeah. I think did they do this purposely, like what is going on here
2: i know it's 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 almost too like horrible to comprehend, and especially you know I'm in New York, and to think that Broadway is not happening just down the street for me right now is it's crazy and it's just it's very sad, but I do believe and I am a pessimist, I do believe that you know it'll it will come back. And, and thrive and be bigger and better.
1: So and hopefully you know yes more and I was I,
2: yeah no, I was gonna I, I was doing this this live tour and we actually were talking about a limited gate a limited engagement on Broadway this that would be happening right now. So that's crushing because that of course has always been a dream of mine to play. Broadway.
1: I think that they're going to reinvent for a while. And while we're in this waiting time and somehow as we're seeing all these actors, you know, reading, doing readings from the old movies and stuff, all that stuff is kind of coming into some kind of form. Like, well, okay, what are we seeing here? Which means that they, you could film with a, with a uh, socially distanced crew. And they're doing that. They're starting to go back to work and you can perform it and film it and have both. And, right. and, 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 and start looking into doing that right now because right they, that would be great for you.
2: They are. Do, yeah. And I'm having some conversations with some producer friends and um, some people who have actually approached us with interest about doing something like that while theater is still technically dark. I They see me as a good candidate to, and I do too, to do something, you know, as sort of a you know a halftime show or whatever well you really call
1: you, it. you've got the chris i have an idea here
2: what
1: we're on something we might be creating something like right now what are we got well you have this uh christmas album hey girl that came out last christmas yeah. why don't you film that and make a christmas special
2: that that's a really good idea
1: come on randy <laughs> <laughs> that
2: i would that's a good that's idea it.
1: We're gonna film the Christmas special. That's All what's right. happening here. It's gonna be genius.
2: Well, you're producing it. Let's do. I that. would
1: look like we could find a way to do that. We may very well be able, like, a way to do Randy Rainbow's Christmas. For what we need for the new year, please God, please, please.
2: I would love to do that. That was so exciting for me. Like, I mean, a,
1: like, that's like a no-brainer right now. Like right now, we gotta, like, get somebody to say, well, "Yeah, we're making a Christmas." A Randy Ro- Rainbow's Christmas special right now. We. Right. Need so I'm already thinking like the songs, you know, um, we we'll have to do.
2: <laughs> well, did you see the guest list on there? The people that I sang with? Silent was... night,
1: And you could do a parody on silent night. That is like, goodbye. Goodbye to him. Uh, like silent
2: that would be nice. It's so tricky. That, so great. <laughs> that's what I was saying though. It's like, tr- it's the weirdest time to like plan especially like in my line of work to sort of plan ahead because obviously we know what's going to happen. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So it's hard to like, you know, plan like the the celebratory stuff and all of that, although you want to, but I was, I was booked in 2016 when I first started to get known for my videos to, uh, you know, headline a, uh, an election night party at a big gay club in in Orlando. So I was there on the stage singing my happy songs and then it quickly went from a party to awake. So I'm still a little have PTSD from that. So I'm like
1: horrendous. It was this. Yeah. I, I, I had all night. I was with a bunch of friends and kept eating, you know, this all these amazing cheeses they had from around the world. And then like I ended up just on my knees sobbing and like vomiting from I think, really so horrible from from the fact that he won. It was like, what is happening here?
2: It was bizarre. I'll never forget that feeling.
1: Well, we might have to all just run away. We're, you know, well, no, Joe's getting in. We got it. No matter what, we just have to make this happen. That's all. There yeah.
2: We'll be all right. We'll, we'll do it.
1: Okay. Whatever happens, we're going to be okay. And all the artists tribes, you know, you know, they'll be rounding us up anyway. And then. Um, <laughs> oh,
2: stop. <laughs> Don't say rounding us up, please. <laughs> well, scary. It is scary. It's a, that's, it's, I mean, yeah. It's that's
1: nothing- what, I mean, they are behaving that way they are not allowing peaceful protests we we did all watch a police officer you know kill somebody where, murder somebody in front of our eyes and then these guys and with guns are like this is this is this is intense it's it is intense That's why we need you right now that's so not sweet and i not go down the where i'm going not go down the the the, the, the spiral of negativity you're not listening to me what you're just Creating us to be able, because what entertainment always was in the old days was there was a war on and people were hungry. There was depression. They went into the movie theater, the dark movie theater, and they looked up and saw that. That's what this time is right now.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: The artists like you are coming, are creating art to keep us okay. So that's your job, and it's 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 like being an avatar. It's a great thing. Thank you.
2: Well, that's, that's means the world to me. I mean, when people say thank you to me and I've I've heard over the last four years and and especially this last year, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. More than I ever thought that I would hear that. I mean, my intention has always first and foremost been to just be entertaining and, and, you know, sing and get some laughs and all of that, but it's really a testament to how, uh, you know, important the arts and, and humor uh, and, you know, in my opinion, musical comedy in in particular, how, how vital that is and how healing that can be. So, and I also, also say thank you right back because, you know, you talk about dipping into depression, which I do certainly, I think any artist knows what that's like. And it's been a very depressing time and it has been challenging for me to sort of, you know, uh, keep my keep my spirits up and when I you know I I think like oh I really want to do one of these these big musical parodies but I sometimes I don't have it in me that week um and at the same time it is the one thing that's been keeping me afloat the fact that I you know I'm I'm all contained in my apartment and I'm a one-man band and I have all of my equipment in the room next door and I I can can just do it whenever I I want. I do it myself, so it's great, and it's 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 crazy, and and um, but I'm so thankful for it because what the hell would I have done if I couldn't have been creating this whole time?
1: It would have been it would have been uh, not not a good time for yeah, you. and so yeah. art heals.
2: It's very very healing. I, I you know it's great, and I think the other thing that people are responding to. Uh, is that I'm just doing stuff that I love. It's, it's all the things that I love. It's music, it's comedy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm using a, the, a political voice that I didn't know I, I had. <laughs> um, and it's, I think that's what people, you know, what comes from the heart goes to the heart. And I think people are responding to that about my work more than anything. They see this guy who's doing what he loves. And I think, I hope that that, that, that comes across.
1: It, it it really does. And um. And so you just keep going because you have a Christmas show to think about. Let's figure this out. <laughs> right.
2: Meanwhile, my Jewish mother is going to be like, what, "What? about the Hanukkah show?"
1: So there you go.
2: I'm kidding. Um,
1: we're, we're my, I, I have a Jewish mother, and I'm Jewish, and celebrate you know it all. But uh, it just came out out of the Jewish New Year, by right the way, Shana Sha- 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 Tova. Um, Shania Twaina. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but you could do um, you could do Chismica.
2: Absolutely. That's cute. I do want to do more um, recording. Like I want to do an out. I want to, I'm working kind of in the beginning stages of a next album. That's not political parody, maybe a little bit. That's That's not Christmas, but just sort of like happy, you know, standard kind of stuff and big band like uh, show tunes and stuff like that.
1: I love it. That's a, that's a great, that, and that also can be done this way in the the meantime, before you take it on the road live. But this year, the rest we might, it's going to take us some time. We're going to need to fill that space. And you're, you're the person that could do that.
2: That's so nice. Well, I'm happy to try at least.
1: What, so what's your favorite musical?
2: This is way too personal. We have to cut. No, um, I, it's it's a hard question, but I guess I always go well. I go to Sondheim, so Sweeney Todd. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love a little night
2: You do. I love a
1: I love a little night music. Have you have you seen the or heard the music of that?
2: Of course, I have, but it's not it's not my top. Really? Top five, I would if, say.
1: If you saw it live.
2: I did with Bernadette Peters. I saw the revival.
1: And, and, it, and you, it didn't get you. Okay. Loved
2: it, but yeah. I, I love
1: the opening of that musical. The, I, I can't sing very well, but you know, the, do it. The song I'll song. know it when you sing it. So na Yeah, Yeah,
2: yeah, na I just love anything... Soundtime That so Sweeney's hot and Into the Woods for me. So, the
1: two, Into the, the Woods. Then West Side Story because that was his first major musical and he wrote all the lyrics.
2: Office he did. He time. did. He
1: did. There you and go. I think that's probably my favorite. I love Can Gypsy.
2: Oh, Gypsy. If we're if we're counting the uh, yeah, yeah, yes, collaborations.
1: Yeah. What about? Um, did you like Camelot?
2: Loved Camelot. Again, not my top ten, but I remember my mother took me to see it with Robert Goulet in Florida. And I have very vivid, wonderful memories of it. And I've since, I've parodied that song twice.
1: Did, have you? Which one?
2: Kamala. I did. Oh, most Kamala! Kamala! Kamala!
1: Kamala. Before no, that. Of course you did. Of course you did. And yeah. two
2: years ago, I used it for Kavanaugh.
1: Oh, that's. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I must have. Did I miss the Kavanaugh one? And it's impossible. Do you know it was so traumatic in that time the Kavanaugh hearings because we were going through the whole Harvey Weinstein stuff and coming out with all that and then and then he got in, he he became a supreme court judge and as soon as it stopped and i talked about this yesterday to somebody i got shingles the next just it was oh so stressful that all of this with you just this misogyny and we're seeing it just even today you know or it was The the sealed records, they were unsealed, but they've redacted all the stuff from the Jeffrey Epstein stuff and the girls and the people that are in there and the names are all gone. And it's the misogyny that we're seeing, of course, is like overwhelming, triggering if you come from any kind of parent that was oppressive like that. Um, And and. And we're seeing it now. Like, wow! You're gonna, you're gonna take away our rights? Are you like now? What for our kids? All the young people. So it's, it's an obligation to the artists right now to bring these things to the forefront in a way where everyone can understand it and heal from it. And that's what yeah. you're doing.
2: Well, it's interesting when you talk about if you come from that kind of, you know, father, I guess yeah. specifically, and, and it's triggering for you like I said, my dad really was Trump just in, in his mannerisms. He was, he was, you know, textbook narcissist, narcissistic and, and certainly, you know, a- abusive verbally and emotionally. And I saw, I think almost part of the reason that I'm, that I'm able to kind of spoof him or take him on in the w- whatever way I do as, uh, you know, if I do it well, I think it's because I om- I know I, know that 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 animal you know that that's to me it's like a special specific kind of like not to paint with a broad brush but he's he's you know like a specific kind of New York asshole that what my father was so much so that my father who was not at all an introspective man and would never otherwise say this, he was dying during the election of 2016, and he even said, I can't watch the television because he reminds me too much of myself. And so we were like, oh, yeah, wow, that's...
1: Was he... Um, what did he do for a living? What was... How were you raised? What, what, he,
2: was, uh, uh, he was... He m- was... Multiple things. He was a musician. He was a drummer. Toward the end of my life... He My, my life... We're, we haven't gotten there yet. Toward the end of his life, he was... Um, you know, his last job was as a, uh, a, a a talent agent, supplying talent into all the the condo circuit in South Florida.
1: He, you became the artist. Yeah, you became the artist, and he saw that in you, and was jealous.
2: He was definitely jealous. That was so, that was an eye opener for me because I I I couldn't <laughs> understand as a kid. And it is so painful to, to feel the kind of negative, uh, you know, response I would get from him. Before we say this, he was not a complete monster. He loved me. And he, uh, you know, for the most part, even though he acted surprised, for instance, when I came out, he ultimately was totally accepting and was a champion of mine ultimately, but was so damaged as a person that you, you couldn't escape the, the, these flaws of his and and the abuse that he that he just sort of heaped on everyone who crossed his path,
1: I grew so, up with a father and a mother like this, so both well of them.
2: see i I'm lucky i have I had the mother that who was the polar opposite of that and it was nothing but nurturing and wonderful um so I can't imagine situation like you.
1: were well, but my mother they also were like incredible and loving and kind and, and, oh. and were the most amazing activists but they they had their own childhood trauma damage that was really overwhelming for both of them and then they acted out and at some point we have to break the pattern one of somebody's got to just break the pattern but it does it's like generational abuse it can just happen is then you see in the relationships you choose to they go we seek the teeth to match our wounds yeah Tynan thing. But I love that. We do. We seek the teeth.
2: What is mask. that? I love that too. I never we heard seek that. seek
1: the teeth to match. To our, match our
2: wounds. But where does that come from?
1: So it's Kenneth Tynan. He, it was a statement he made. It was, um, and, and I've always loved that, but it's true. You see it in your relationships. Like, Oh God, you are like the abandoning angry father thing, or, or you're the mother that was a child beater. And, and, and you, and you, we end up choosing those things. To ultimately heal them, heal ourselves, so, right? Right. That's, that's so, it
2: fucks scary. you up your whole yeah, life. That's
1: a lot of years of you know working through shit, and my mother being a therapist, and you know going to lots of therapy, and trying to continuously work on yourself to be a better human being. You know when you're an asshole.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's rough, and and the and the jealousy thing was was the was the hardest thing because I it didn't comp I didn't compute that like a father would would respond that way to a, a son. But I remember like my mother and my grandmother who essentially raised me and were my, my, my best friends growing up would say, would mention, especially my grandmother would say, he's jealous. He's jealous of you. And I didn't understand that until recently. I think I, I, he really was.
1: I got it in my family with my father, uh, as much as and my mom was, I had, I found fan letters that she wrote that were really beautiful and great. And so she was, she was super, she was super supportive of my work, but it was my dad that was a little, had that kind of stuff. And then, but then people would tell me like when he was like, Oh, your father was telling us. And he was so proud of me out in the world with his friends or other people that he'd meet, but he didn't do that with me. And I just remembered like just being so wounded by that, you know? And, um, so I didn't get that.
2: It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. He would. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, we could be here all day. I need to, I need to be in much more therapy. I've sort of just like, well, kind of just started, but it's going to be years. Let's well, check back in, in like a decade.
1: Well, you know what it is? It's just the fact of just, you can just also read so many books and just understand and you work through things yourself. And then just like maybe just taking a healing writing class or something. And then you can just kind of write all this stuff out with that kind of workshop that's working through grief and you know, who's doing that Hmm. is Tarana Burke, Tarana Burke, um, her me too movement. she has a whole, a whole program in there to heal, uh, to heal uh, trauma. Hmm. And you may find that that will be, it might be a great place for you. May not, but I, I like the idea that she's doing this and it's helping so many people. And, you know, she's the, the Me Too movement, is. she's our queen. She's the person that started it before before we came out. Um, and then it was great that it got to elevate her great movement that is doing so much to heal people in the world from trauma now. It's awesome.
2: That's fabulous. Talk about important work.
1: So, Randy, how did you hone into your craft?
2: Um, you know what? Like I said, it's just me. I'm just doing doing things that I love. And it's all been very experimental. I didn't um, do this the conventional way. I didn't move to New York and start, you know, pounding the pavement and doing cattle calls and auditioning like that. Frankly, I was too scared to do that. As a 21, 22 year old, I kind of just had to, I told myself, I'm just going to learn how to, you know, be a human a little bit first. I'm just going to throw myself into a big city and see what happens. But I started just working in restaurants and eventually offices and you know Broadway production offices and then started writing and then got a little bit of an audience when I was writing and uh, decided to go back to my original roots, which were on the stage and theater, which I did as a kid, basically. And I, I just... You know, it, I've just been throwing all the things that I love into the cauldron, comedy and music and, and pop culture and all of this. And uh, so uh, I guess uh, I, I've, I've, you know, I don't, there's not like a specific kind of um, formula that I've had. It's just been doing stuff that I love over and over again.
1: So we're talking to, to this. This program is called Radical Musings, and I'm sitting here thinking. As soon as you started talking, because like, I have many, many, many musician friends that are all my like. I, I, this is my favorite thing: is to talk to artists about their process. It's yes. I shot all the backstage interviews for Coachella for many years, and like I love hearing some. Right when you were talking, I got because we were talking earlier about therapy. That is the musical you're writing. That's your musical. Is your well, your self discovery of this the bo- little boy who could have musical and have theater could have songs, and right. his coming and the father, yeah, the, the fa- like the, all your childhood written in a musical form to where you are now and discovering that those shadows, you know, that you see and you're are are affecting you now and put that into theater.
2: Well, I think you're really hitting the mark. And, and my, my plan and hope is that writing this book that I've just kind of started playing with myself due out there next is. year. Uh, that's, I, I hope that's going to be both cathartic and also going to be a lot of kind of discovery. And a lot of that, the story of that is going to come out. Because well, there is a story. Now you there just have
0: to
1: write the music and get the right person that is, it writes the music to because that's the musical Right, performing that, playing with myself—it's a huge hit.
2: (laughs) Produced by Rosanna Arquette. (laughs) No, make the companion Christmas special.
1: Yeah, I love (laughs) it. Excited.
2: No, I think I mean there is to me. That's the most uh, important part of my story: is this this little bullied kid who was bullied on the playground, who didn't fit in, who felt like a stranger in his own house, and I found comfort and uh, stability and joy. In, in in musical theater and show tunes and and uh, I used music and comedy to get me through tough times and now here's here I am all these years later and I'm doing that on on sort of a, a larger with a platform yeah. and I'm kind of just you know using those tools to, to and, and sharing them I hope with the world at a time when the country's getting bullied on the playground Yay. so it's really a very full circle thing.
1: Okay, so I just got another thing this came when I I got so excited I was going to tell you. Oh good. This is have a you great got, session. Have you done anything with Sumi? Sumi, what can you do me? No. Yes.
2: What made you think of that though? That's a good,
1: good one. Because you're talking just, about because I, I musicals that you liked and you were talking about it, like my I'm so ADDs, but I, Everything goes so fast, so I have all these things in my head so fast, like a cartoon. Sometimes is too much, and I—that's I, why I was getting all excited because I wanted to say it because it's going to go, and I'm going to forget it. But that's a good one. But were you thinking it's, it's, about
2: just just Trump in we general, had to talk or about
1: musical theater and when you were young and how it was, you know, life saving and this was—you knew you were doing something you loved. And I was thinking all the musicals that you loved as a kid. And I said, "What wonder, guys and dolls?" Sue me. You just oh, came to me. I that's on my list.
2: I have a running now list. Now
1: we've got it because he, this guy and their family is going to be sued. They're going to be sued all over the place.
2: Well, that's the other funny thing. I I, I do have a running list. And, uh, you know, like, of course, there's like a Trump section that's very prominently, you know, a part of it. And um, I keep thinking and I've been thinking for the last four years, like if he's voted out, like there's stuff that I won't be able to do or you know people always ask me in my Q&As like if if he's not in office anymore you're not going to
1: thank god you know, you know what we're going to he's he's going to be erased he's i
2: hope erased. so but here's here's my fear about that my i know i don't need him i know that like there's uh, so a whatever everyone's talking about i'm happy to lampoon why his
1: don't you movement. just get rid of him like let's do a funeral like like enough well, of, of his presidency and um but and, the, but and the,
2: but the scary thing, though, though Rosanna, is I am afraid that he's going to, even when he is elected, when he is, you know, kicked out of the office, the Oval Office, he's still going to be a prominent yeah. fixture. And, uh, you know, I'm still probably going to end up parodying him for the next two years because so, yeah, he's probably still going to have him put, in the, at the forefront. We'll
1: you'll, you'll, you'll do it twice a year and it'll be insane. Like, like I hope. you're going to be so busy doing your own stuff that it... <sighs> your voice, your thing. And it's going to be this was the platform to for the jumping point for Randy Rainbow to come out and do your work that you can find the right. Do you write your own stuff? Are you a musician? Do you play the piano? Are you can you write? Not, a,
2: not at all. I wrote I write all the lyrics and I'm musical, but I don't read music. So you just anything. have
1: to find that composer that matches with you where you you're become the new, you know, uh, Sondheim and um, someone else.
2: <laughs> Sondheim and so I love that. Well yeah, I hope that Sondheim hope and that, Sondheim. <laughs> Sondheim and Sondheim. Sondheim away. Or
1: maybe even Sondheim himself.
2: I well you know, he go. is a he is a personal friend, excuse me. What you know?
1: So what is yes. what are you guys doing song together? I wanna to call him up well, and tell him to do a song with you. You guys gotta write something together.
2: Well all right, well you call him. But he did when I played The Beacon here in New York. He was right there in the front row sitting next to my mother, as was Stephen Schwartz.
1: Oh, come on. So that's Godspell.
2: Yes. And uh, well, on my Christmas album, Mark Shaman, Mm -hmm. the legendary who wrote, uh, of course, Hairspray and everything else, he wrote with me. We collaborated and wrote the title track for that. So that was sort of my first musical. Touching
1: Myself is your new musical. Of playing you.
2: with myself, playing touching myself
1: with. Oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got Rudy Giuliani on my brain.
2: Don't get me started. <laughs> I will. I will, I will leave this so meeting. Good.
1: But how about <laughs> Sasha Barrett Cohen? We got to give some. I mean, come on.
2: Did you see? Did you see the scene by now?
1: I I only saw parts of it. I haven't seen it all yet. I'm I I don't know why I haven't. Is it out yet? I thought it was coming. It's today. just
2: I think I think today. Yeah, but I saw. I don't know if what I saw on Twitter was the full scene. Right but it was so much creepier than I had anticipated. I'm really nauseous.
1: Yeah. It's uh, they're all, they're all pretty creepy. They just, what they, anyway, we're, we we want to end. We're not going to end it. Wait, how many- I didn't mean
2: to take us in that direction.
1: Yeah, but I did. Okay. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, you started it. I started it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I have a tendency to go to the dark parts of the world, you know, going and seeing like all this madness and craziness, but, and, and then, you know, I I walk the tightrope of, you know, trying to stay in the real positive and then going down the uh, the toilet of negative.
2: <laughs> I love it. I'm right there with you.
1: So I'm okay. So I'm playing with myself with the new musical that's going to be coming out after the book. Um, after the book. Um,
2: and I want to do a companion um, album with that too. That's my idea because you know how I I tend to like um, you know double up my vocals on my videos and I am my, I am my own chorus often in my own videos. So I want to do something. I work with uh, my musical director, Jesse Kissel, who's who works with me on tour. I want him to do all these like fun, crazy, like four or five part harmonies to just sort of standard classic show tunes that I will just sing with myself and it'll be playing with myself the album.
1: I like, but but I want, but also going and talking to your friend, uh, uh, Steven, Sondheim and, and even steven Schwartz, both of them, telling that you're doing this musical, I would think it's important. And I would say to them, uh, Tate Sondheim, uh, let's write a song called "Playing Myself Together."
2: Can you imagine if I, if that's the yes, song I wrote with happens. Sondheim, playing I with myself?
1: can happen, and yes, it should happen. And I bet he would be honored and want to do it. I think it's a, it could be great, playing with myself, a Sondheim and Randy Rainbow song. Let's go. I'm in. All right. <laughs> All right.
2: From your lips, honey. And then you'll have to come sing and do it too. Do you sing like?
1: like I, I, no, I'm not a voice. singer. But I always, what I was always told was that I had pitch and I can't, but I, it's not like a beautiful voice. It's just kind of very little, little girly. But I could have done like Glynnis Johnsy, Send in the Clowns. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I can hold a tune. But i never like, have I'm had a singer a musical? like you. Huh?
2: Have you done a musical?
1: Never, but it was always my dream. But can you do, can you do your, um, ABC, like a scale and let's see if I can do it.
2: ABC scale,
1: the, scale, the scales of music right now. Like, I don't know.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, uh, oh, I'm so not warmed up in any way. Just, uh, you want me to.
1: Yeah. Cause I need to do it. I'm going to try to do it so that you do e- it. And then I do it. Let's e- see if I. E- 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 no, that was terrible. See? I can't. Mine's worse. I can't
2: I can't even perform right now. I should have warmed up for you. No. But um I think you should I think you should do a musical.
1: I would love to do a musical. Well, when I was a kid, there was a show. This is a so I grew up around this and I wanted to revive this, and you would be so perfect in this. Our family could, the whole family could do it. And we've been talking about it, but when I was growing up, there was a music a show on Broadway called Story Theater. It was Paul Sills Story Theater. And it was the grim fairy tales done in a very avant-garde, no, no, just beautiful stage. Valerie Harper was in it. Dick Stahl, Richard Libertini. And my dad was, my dad was in the, in it. So Hamilton camp was my godfather. So there was the first tears, the Broadway and it won, it won Tony. And, uh, like Clive Barnes thought it was like the most amazing thing he'd ever seen. So, I wanted to revive that now and then it's fairy tales, Randy. I love that. That's great. right in my alley. And the, what they did was they used rock and roll music in it. So there's a, go look it up. It's called story theater and go and you can get an album of it. It's still, it's, you might be able to find it. Why don't that. I know about this? You're going to, fr- but they, the music they used is, uh, um, like George Harrison and Bob Dylan. And so, but anyway, I was talking to, um, to, to the daughter, who's a friend of mine, um, Polly Sills, about reviving this and figuring out a way. And there was a way, because my whole family knows that we were raised, in, you know, improvisation for the theater, Viola Spolin. Do you, you ever read, read the book Improvisation for the Theater? And it's called Viola, Viola Spolin wrote it. And that's her son who directed it, Paul Sills. So we grew up with like that. improvisation and stuff, the whole Arquette family.
2: Well, I'm not surprised by that. But is everyone in the Arquette family like a musical theater kind of well, nerd not, like you are? I think,
1: that, I think every everybody could do anything. That's what I think that I wouldn't put anything past. I mean, I know Patricia sings a mean um, karaoke of... Um, what was it? I can't remember the song, but it was so good. And now I, I, I this is my old lady brain that forgot. But anyway... Yeah. Well,
2: Patricia is constantly, I, I remember her a few times commenting on some of the songs that I put out and would like just specifically talk about the musical that it came from or something. And I remember thinking, oh, she's a music theater yeah. person. I yeah, love the that. the
1: whole family. <laughs> that's
2: great. I remember why- listening
1: to West Side Story all the time. I had West Side Story playing in the car. And I think, you know, that's why Sondheim's your guy. I think Sondheim is writing playing with myself. I really want you to make that phone call. All we right. well let- we, we did a zoom call and I just kind of, I said it and I made you call him and say it and I, I'll take the blame.
2: I'm going to have him call your offices and you can have it, have the discussion, <laughs> yeah, but I'll set it up.
1: Offices. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. No, you know where I am? I right. in a- no, where are you? I, this is a place, this is the audio up, it's a studio, but where it is. Elizabeth Nobody. Montgomery from Bewitched Old House. Shut
2: the hell up I'm right in now! Bewitched
1: little office room, and this. So when I first came, there's a little stair, but like I felt like someone shoved me, and I was like, I, I, and then they told me it was Elizabeth M- 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 uh, Montgomery's house, and I, I kind of hurt my head. I Said, "Oh, I need to say thank you, and I need to say, is it okay to for, for us to come in your house?" And I've been since I've been doing that, it's been so awesome. She's oh my she's god.
2: Incredible. You should have said she
1: was a little like, get the fuck out of my house. What is happening here?
2: <laughs> Did you feel that you should have <laughs> called Dr. Bombay and just, just why didn't you ask? Why didn't you say Dr. Bombay, Dr. Bombay emergency come right away. Maybe he would have helped.
1: Yes. <laughs> <Right>?
2: <laughs> that's so cool. I loved her so much. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. So that's fun To And I want to, I want you to tell me how you see life on earth in the next year. Oh, God. And that's a big responsibility.
2: Rosanna. (laughs) You know what? Is this, are we being positive now? Or we're just sort of guessing?
1: Exactly what, yes, we are. Because rainbow is positive.
2: That's right. Um, I think that we're going to, um, we're going to get through. I think it's going to, I think it's going to get a little worse before it gets better. But we will have been here before. So we will muddle through. And I am seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So, yes. Uh, after this this winter, I think if we can just muddle through, it's going to start coming back. And once it does, see, I'm gearing up for when things really start coming back, and 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 the high that we're all going to feel. We that we're united. We united. I I I can't imagine that this. We will not come out of this yeah. united and. And, and grown and just and better and more of a, a community and more loving we have to right so I'm looking forward I, I real. I sincerely look forward to that part of this okay well I but I don't know we could all blow up no,
1: tomorrow I'm, I'm, no, we, oh I'm sorry no
2: I, I was just kidding I cut know, that we, part
1: might, we might all you know be bombed with the nuclear thing from Russia I understand but no we're not going there
2: or we could all just watch the Rudy Giuliani scene and, and just die of shock and embarrassment and disastrous just, uh, humiliation.
1: I know that they all participate. And that is the truth. That's the deal. So uh, we're, gonna, we're getting rid of these guys. It's time for light. It's time to yeah. go somewhere over the rainbow. Okay. And thank you so much.
2: Honey, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank, thank, you, thank you so too. much for having Please me. Please
1: promise me that you're going to make that phone call. I have a feeling. I'm good at this. I will. I
2: okay. will. I will. Next time we talk... I'll bring time with
1: me. I'm gonna have them send you my my uh, cell. Anytime. Yeah, please.
2: Let's okay. stay in touch, please. i of to love to you. Bye, honey. Bye. Thank you.
1: Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review Radical Musings to help other listeners find the show, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to be alerted every time we. Post a new episode. Radical Musings is brought to you by Audio Up, produced by Krista and Carla Braun, edited by Jeremiah Zimmerman, production support provided by Ashley Ardent, Sam Winter, Tyler Dorson, Emma Rapold, and Richard Regal. Thank you all so much. Ooh, la, la. <whistles>
0: Audio.